they've got to, 10 seconds oh! remaining. Three, four, Looks like two. it's going to be a draw. Looks like it's heading for a draw. Maguire down the line. North. Oh! Welcome to the Lot Pod, the Lot 17A Lead Rhino podcast. I've got some terrible news. Um, we did record the match review panel. It was myself and Howard. Howard was the gentleman who did the 2022 season preview with me. We recorded that, <coughs> excuse me, last night. Uh, did the whole match review, did the head coach things, your questions, and Gary Hetherington, and <coughs> excuse me, everything else. But the recording is gone, it is lost, I can't find it anywhere on my laptop, it's just vanished completely, I've, I've spent all day looking for it, it's just, it's just gone, um, so that one's gone, so unfortunately, if I do find it somehow, sometime, I will upload it, so that will be available, but in the meantime, the only other way I can record is tonight, at this time, where... I don't have a guest, and it's just me. So, if, if, as you are listening to this, it is going to be some sort of podcast and match review, but it is just me on, on this podcast, unfortunately. So there's no great guest, there's no regular, it is just me, so be warned now, <laughs> moving forward, that for however long this podcast is, it is just me. So if you want to skip it or whatever, feel free, I would not uh, blame you in the slightest. I am going to review the Saints game by saying going to touch on the head rule, uh, the head coach rule, sorry, because we talk about that all the time, forever, until it is filled, we have to keep talking about it, like, getting people's different opinions, but you're not going to get that tonight, unfortunately, you need to get mine again. Going to talk about mid-season transfers, like, the, oh, I forgot, I forgot his name, Rob Louie coming in and Tui Lollahea going out, I think something like that is required now for this season. I'm going to talk about that. And then I'll answer some of your questions in the mailbag as well. But as I say, really, apologies to Howard. Um, that podcast is, just doesn't exist. I'm just, my bones are twisting that. Couldn't find it. It didn't process. It just it just vanished like it never even happened. So that, I think we recorded for like an hour and a half, um, 40 minutes. You know, did everything that we usually do. But it's gone. I'm devastated. I can only... It's only like equal to like because we did all that work and we spent all that time and you know recording. It's like a wasted evening in a way because it doesn't exist. That time in Howard, it just doesn't exist anymore. I, I, it's only equal to like and anyone under the age of what twenty five, maybe even older, maybe even twenty eight may not understand this, but I'm going to explain it to you like you never like you're an alien. And you've never, you don't know what I'm talking about. Games consoles. Say the PlayStation One, the PlayStation Two. You, you back in the back in the day, it, you'd, you'd get the console to play the games on, so you'd have the PlayStation. 
but you needed something called a memory card. Now, the memory card was literally just like a little plastic chip card thing that you plugged into the front in a slot of the PlayStation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if, if, if you didn't have a memory card whilst you were playing a game like Crash Bandicoot or Grand Theft Auto or Gran Turismo or any game where you needed to save, save your progress, if you didn't have a memory card, kids, listen to this. Every time you turn that PlayStation off, you used to have to start from the very beginning. I can hear you screaming in horror. It's true. You used to have to start from the very beginning. So that's how I feel about me and Howard last night doing that recording. It's like we didn't have the memory card to save the podcast, if that makes sense. But just talking about PlayStations, I'm going on a tangent here, but it was not better to talk about. Let's put it that way. I think it were better that way. Like now, gaming's brilliant now. It's absolutely amazing. I'm a, a number one, I'm, a, I'm a massive, massive fan of it. Myself, but like back in the day, like when you played the PlayStation, say you're playing Crash Bandicoot and, and, and you got to a level that quite far and you saved it on your, on your memory card and then you went to school and met your mates and were like, oh, I got past that level on that game. And they were like, did you? Oh, I, I can't get past this boss. It's rock hard. And then if your mate said to you like, do you want to do you want to stop at my house on Friday, and then you can you can bring your save with you, and you'd be like, yeah, I'll bring it with me. So then when you went to your mate's house to stop over, you'd just take your memory card with you, and be like, right, I've got my memory card, and then you could plug your memory card into his PlayStation because he had the same game, and you'd load your save. I I, I used to think that were ace. Am I am I alone in that? And I, and I remember you could like. You could put like, there were two slots, I'm really getting into it now, <laughs> there were two slots for two memory cards at the front of the PlayStation, so I had my memory card and put it in the one slot and the mate had another and put it in to the second slot. You could copy your save onto his memory card, so if, if he were, sorry, like I were further than him on the game, he could take my save, copy it and put it on his memory card, so then he'd have it as well. They don't remember that. I just used to think that gaming was so much better back then, like in in that sense of like, probably looking at it through nostalgic eyes, like, but we are Leeds fans, all we have is nostalgia, you know, we're always looking back to Danny Maguire or Kevin Sinfield or, I suppose not that much of the 2020 Cup win, anyway, that's what happened, the podcast that me and Howard did has gone, unfortunately it doesn't exist, should I find it, as I say, I will upload it and you can listen to it, anyway, that being said, it is just me. So I am going to review or touch on the disastrous game we had, Leeds v Saints. The first thing I want to talk about is we got beat 26-0. You all know that. But I think I think what rather than touching on the game itself, I'd like to go to the Leeds Rhinos Twitter account and our output from our Twitter account because I think it's diabolical. Um, I'm, 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 I'm guessing I'm not alone in that line of thinking. Um, the tweet that they produced, I think they said something at half-time about us, um, something along the lines of, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, I can't remember, like, um, you know, we're playing well, we're doing better type thing at half-time, at 8-0. But at the end of the game, they said something along the lines of, I should have had it but in front of me, sorry, but... Um, God, God, what was it? After an improved performance, 
the Rhinos end up losing 26-0 after an improved performance. Now, this is the club's official Twitter account. Let's have a drink now. This is the club's official Twitter account. It's their official platform. It's their official mouthpiece. You know, it's their be-all and end-all online. Anything that comes from that Leeds Rhinos Twitter page or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, whatever, it is official. It's it's legit. It's real. It's real. Because they've said it off that platform. Confirmed platform. And for them to tell us that that was an improved performance after we lose at home at Headingley. Fair enough to a, a great Saints side. We've said that so too many bloody times on this podcast. But a weakened Saints side, and we don't score a bloody point. And the club officially, officially, are saying to us that that is an improved performance. And I don't know about anyone listening to this or anyone that saw that online but I just thought that was absolutely diabolical that they could they could say that and I mean scratching my head here they they must see and they must surely they must they have to take into consideration the reaction that they get from their output and their content on social media and by that I mean Everyone, every man and his dog, there's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people, when they tweet something, they say something along the lines of, oh, are you going to send us a discount code for the online shop? How many times have you seen that? Loads. Almost every time someone says, don't worry, we're going to get a discount from the online shop soon. We're playing absolutely pants, the whole club's rotten to the core, we're in an absolute crisis, but don't worry, we're going to get 15% off on Sunday. Now, whoever is, I don't know if it's some poor student who they kind of took a laptop and phone to and say, you are our social media manager, assistant. I don't know. I don't want to do that person any due diligence. Uh, I just want to say, you know. But they must, whoever it is, or if it's people or persons that are controlling the output on social media, they must see the 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 feedback that they get now to me i would you know you tweet something out whatever it is and then you see five comments again about the discount i'd be thinking to myself we need to change this because the output that we have on our channels the fans aren't enjoying it at all they're not enjoying seeing this the same repetitive things and the output that we've got now i don't know if that would take I mean, drastically, I guess, it would be kind of them doing, uh, I don't know, a, a, a get-together, a meeting with a couple of fans, or even better, an online form, you know, like a, like a Google survey, where they just say, um, ask questions, like an open form, kind of to see, to say, like, what would you, as a fan, like to see on our from our official output and to me we wax lyrical about it on this very podcast about the output from the club in terms of content that they did pre-season 
in the video footage that we had from training, the video footage of Captain's runs. It was so good. It was so just little glimpses of behind the scenes stuff. That's completely dried up. Completely dried up. Unless I've missed it, that has completely dried up. And now all we get now is the usual cliches from players that roll out three players a week who say, we're trying our best, we're going to improve, and we're ready for the battle for the next game. Something along those lines. I don't need to tell you listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Same thing, over and over and over. And we don't want it. I'm, I'm guessing that the, the, you listening to this and people who do listen, listen on to it are, in, are on the same page as myself in that we don't want to hear it. We do not want to hear it. And when I saw that tweet about an improved performance, I just, as a fan, as a paying fan with a season ticket for donkey's years that goes down and watches this dire show that they put on, I just thought they were absolutely diabolical that they could tweet that to us. It was like they were saying, this was an improved performance. So you, you, can't, you can't say that we're rubbish or go easy on us. You know, be thankful. Be thankful, everyone, that we weren't as bad as we were against Castleford the week before. So be thankful. This was improved. We didn't score a bloody point at any lip. This, this, everybody, was improved. And I also think, once again, similar to when I said on this podcast about Gary Hetherington coming out and speaking about the referees after, or the RFL, whenever it was, after James Bentley's appeal went. I think, once again, after, off the back of this tweet, and rightly so, by the way, we were a, a bit of a laughing stock on Twitter. Because, you know, if we'd have seen this, especially me, sorry, I'll speak for myself, if I had seen this online and improved performance and say it with Warrington, who were going through it similar to us, not as bad, but they're certainly going through a rough patch as well. And if Warrington had, just for instance, just plucked Warrington out of the air, Warrington just lost, going in the same crisis as we're in now, and they tweeted and improved performance, blah, blah, blah. I'd have retweeted a joke about it. I'd have stuck, I'd have stuck the boot in. I'm sure people listening to this would have done the same, been like laughing their head off saying, this is improved. Not scoring a point at home is an improvement. How? How? And surely someone at the club must, must understand that. They must. The output has to get better. When things are going wrong, when things are going wrong, as they are at Leeds, as we all know, Everything gets highlighted. These are why these tweets are getting highlighted. These are why the amount of discounts in the online shop is so highlighted. Are you telling me that if we'd have won every game this year, that there would have been this much of a spotlight on the tweets, on the content, on the online stupid online discount things? It's just because we're getting beat. It's like they, they need to change the content for the situation that the club's in. For me, it's my, obviously just my opinion. I'm going to write rant now. Um, and I think that needs to change. We don't want meaningless cliches from the players. Again, just my opinion, but I would rather the club put out minimal content, kind of what they had to, you know, injuries, um, a bit of uh, the usual from JJB, you know, something about Rob or something, just the very minimal in this in this period now where we've got like a week or so off. Show us a, show us a bit of content from them in training. You know, they don't have to speak, a captain's run or 
a couple of drills, someone practicing kicking, some some of interest, a, t- a bit of a team meeting, twenty seconds from a team meeting, it doesn't show us all. Show us something like that, and 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 silence, and let the players and JJB and the coaches let them do their talking on the pitch. I'd prefer that this week, and moving forward. I think I think the output from the club has to improve, and surely someone there is monitoring this. They have to be, have to be. Anyway, that's my rant on the output that the club are giving. On to the game. Um, well, we got battered. Obviously, we start match review panels with positives. The only positives I have, again, are team selection, and that is young kids being represented in the. Blue and Amber and getting in the side, so that would be the positives I've got here are Tyndall, Mustafa, Broadbent, and O'Connor all in the side, all played, all got minutes. Even though Mustafa got very little, and I felt the game were crying out for him to be honest, but he only got very little minutes, but still got some. And the other positive, the only other positive I have was Cruz Leaving's forty twenty. Um, that's it in terms of positives. Nothing else to say. From the game, um, I thought our discipline again was more of the same. Really, really annoying, really frustrating. I was particularly livid when I think it was Liam Sutcliffe in the first half, I think it was, first half, um, gave away a high shot penalty. Um, and then off the back of that, the set off that, off off the back of that penalty. That was a like on our left left edge defence area. Off the back of that, Saints went to our right defence, their left attacking, and James Bentley gave away a high shot. Off the back of that same high shot from Sutcliffe, and at that moment, I just, I was just so astronomically livid. Our discipline at that moment, because we were still in the game at the time. Can't remember what score it was, but weren't, weren't exactly out of it just yet. Don't correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. And for him to for Bentley to do that, I just thought this guy is a moron. Sorry, but he has to be. He has to be. You know, we talked him up none so than Miss End, but uh, you know, I've, I've spoken on this podcast as well before about petulance. It, it, it kills me. It drives me mad. It absolutely drives me mad. It's what used to drive me mad about Luke Gale. It's what used to drive me mad about Trent Merrin. And it's what's driving me mad about James Bentley and Aidan Caesar. I just don't like petulance. You know, what, what is the point? You know, we're fighting for our lives at the moment. And discipline's going to kill us. It's killed us all year. It's killing us now with Tetevano being out and Dwyer and Leeming getting a ban and Bentley being banned. And it's still killing us because of these stupid high shots between sets. One set and then we're never going to get anywhere if this is how we're playing. I like how Bentley plays, I like his aggression, but I think there's a time and a place and he has to control that. It has to be measured, you know. He can't keep... I know it was just a high shot, but I mean, back to back, that's what kind of irked me. And then the other thing that got me was everyone, I think a lot of people noticed this, especially those at the game, sat around us. Off the back of the scrum, Austin kicked on the first... um, and it just, it was a nothing play, absolutely nothing. 
Now, anyone that's listened to this podcast previously would be well within the rights to say, hold on there, Lottie. Just you hold on there, young man. <clears throat> um, you've said previously that you enjoy those players, and I do. You are correct if you have said that. I do enjoy off-the-cuff players, um, particularly when they come off, but even when they don't, you know, there's times where they've tried, they've, a player will try something, like a little kick or an offload or a pass around the back, something like that, and I love that stuff. But, because I, I like to think, because I always think, well, imagine if that would have come off, you know? If that would have come off, would have been a try to remember. Probably try of the year, try of the season for us all, for the whole competition. And you're right, I do. I do love a bit of a maverick player. Um, but there's a time and a place. And it looked to me that clearly Austin has spoken about this. I'm assuming. I'm going to assume Blake Austin has said in training, off the back of a scrum, I've got this play and I'll call it and we'll do it. And Liam Tindall or David Fussitua and Harry Newman and Tom Briscoe and Jack Broadbent and everyone else who was involved in that are like, yeah, good idea. Good idea. Yeah, good idea. Now, it looked to me that Blake Austin was the only person on the pitch who was aware that he were doing it. That That's how I... That's how it came across to me. Because he kicked it and Liam Tyndall were miles behind. Didn't get anywhere near it, did he? And it just it killed the whole... You can hear, you, you can feel that when you go to a game, you feel the crowd deflate, don't you? In instant, it's usually like a knock-on. You know, there'll be, someone will make a break and everyone's going, you know, cheering them on and then there's a knock-on and you just feel everything just go, <laughs> everyone goes, oh. And there's just like an eerie silence, everyone together and a bit of mumbling where people are going, oh my God. You, you got that off the back of that Austin kick off the, off the scroll, and then we got it again. I touched on it in, in the positive, that tiny, tiny, tiny little positive section that we had at the start. Cruz Leaming's forty twenty. Bit lucky with the bounce, but I think with forty twenties and kicks, you make your own look, don't you? You got to kick it to get that look, so that's fine. Um, and then I think it was the second tackle off the back of that forty twenty. It was when Austin again. I think it was a forward pass to Cameron Smith. Or was it a knock-on, one or the other? But it was definitely the second, off the second tackle, in that, off the fresh set, off the 40 20. And again, the crowd just went, <laughs> dim, set, deflated. Everyone was just like, oh God. Oh God. This is as good as it gets. It will. It will. I just think, you talk about, Blake Austin and Aidan Caesar. And I don't think there'd be many folk, even even in Super League fans, that wouldn't have said really that when we signed Austin and Caesar, that isn't a good partnership. I think everyone will like, that's a good partnership. Don't you think? That's a good partnership. Certainly myself and some some of the guests on, on this podcast agreed with that, 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 that they were looking forward to seeing Austin and Caesar. But I know season didn't play, but on, on Friday, sorry. But you look at them too when they do play together. It's like they're not even speaking the same language. It's like they're not even from the same planet. I got, I got, I got that same feeling with Austin on Friday. 
especially off the back of that that kick off the scrum. I mean, oh god! <laughs> Saints didn't get out of first gear, did they? They didn't. They didn't play well to beat us, and they beat us comfortably. Saints looked at us in terms of their squad and who they're going to play on the night and they Kristen Wolf has looked at Alex Wormsley looked at us he's looked back at Alex Wormsley and said you can have night off son go get your kit off you can have night off we'll rest you you've got another week we don't need you for this lot he has Anna that's what he's done he's looked at us he's looked at us he's looked at our squad and he said they've got two props you have night off son Go get a shower. Go have your tea. You go sit up there in warm seats, mate. You don't need you don't need we don't need your help tonight. No way. We're not we're not risking you. You have night off. That's what I've done. They looked at us and said we're so rubbish and so lightweight and so fragile and so lacking in confidence. He's literally said, Don't bother Alex. Go put your feet up, mate. You watch them up there. No leads are no threat tonight. Leads are no threat tonight. This is like therapy to me, this. <laughs> I feel like I should be paying someone, getting them off my chest. Oh, God. Um, just before the game, before the game, um, I've been a Leeds fan since, oh, God, since my granddad kind of sat me on his knee and I was a massive, massive football fan, United fan, but he kind of sat me on his knee when I was four, five, six years old and said, watch this, you'll love it, watch this with me, and it was like Gary Schofield in 92 or 93, playing for Leeds, so I've been a Leeds fan a while, um, not that I remember much of that time, I only really remember Scoey, little bit of Ellery, and, and then off the back of that, I really got like hooked, like as in the, the game itself. I I, I liked, liked watching it and things and watching Leeds and the Rhinos and all, but, but I really got hooked and into it as like positions and where people play and how they play and the ins and outs and you know the opposition players and things. Like, I really got hooked off the back of like Super League, like when that started and off the back of that. But in that even even back then, obviously I was just a kid then. But even back then, I have never been certain of a defeat for Leeds ever. Until Friday. Even in those games where we were playing grand finals and we were playing those amazing Bradford sides in the 90s and early 2000s. And they were amazing. And those Wigan sides and the Saints sides. And even those World Club Challenge games against Melbourne and 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 the Bulldogs and oh the other one, the Storm. Even those games, even those games, you could take something going into them. Do you know what I mean? You could say it'll be tough. No dispute in that. It will be a tough game, and they're a great side, be it Bradford or Melbourne or whoever it was. But you still, or I still thought we could win. Do you know what I mean? Going into those games, I still, I never ever wrote us off. I 
In fact, I did the opposite nine out of ten times. I was so confident in winning because I'd seen us do it so many times in all the different competitions. I just always went into games like, no, we'll win this. We'll win this. We will. No, we're definitely gonna gonna win it or be close enough to win it to keep in the game. From from all those years from Super League onwards, as I say, I was a kid when Super League first started. I'm about nine or ten, <clears throat> but on Friday, <clears throat> and I went with one of my best friends, and we we're both kind of stood um, before the game, having a, a drink and whatnot, and breaking it down. And I kind of said to him, I asked him the same question: Have you ever been, ever come to watch a Leeds game and be certain? that we are going to get beat, that we're going to get beat, and we're going to get beat convincingly. And he said the same thing. He said, no, never. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> he said the same thing. No, never. Never, ever been this way. And he said exactly the same in that um, there's been games where you look at things and think, well, they're good, but so, so are we. You know, the squads are level. We might be missing one or two. They might be missing one or two. Or, you know, it'll be a, a close game, but we'll be in it or thereabouts. But on Friday, it was the first time ever and it, that I knew we were going to get beat and get beat convincingly. And it was such an unusual, and to be honest, un, an unpleasant feeling, kind of going to the game, driving to the game. And I don't know about yourself, but as, as I like drive to the game or get ready to go to the game on that evening, I kind of think about it in my head. Like, how's, it, how's this going to develop and... What are the questions are we going to ask of our opposition, and what are they going to bring? And I'm, as I was, I was just the, my whole drive all the way there, it was just dread, and I've never ever had that ever. Now, to me, that 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 speaks volumes to me. I'm sure someone listening to this will feel the same. Maybe everyone will. Maybe someone will be thinking, uh, "Lottie, you're talking a load of, you know what? Um, you know, it might be a load of." Uh, what you call it, a knee-jerk reaction. But I've never, ever felt that way, ever. So certain of defeat. Is that arrogance? Maybe so. Maybe it is arrogance on my part, but like I say, we've always been so competitive in Super League. And now, I think the proof is in the pudding, and it kind of proves, certainly to me, that we've never been in this mess before. In this situation. Not in my lifetime. I know we're bad in 96 and all that lot, but, you know, I asked a question on last week's podcast to Tim and Laurie about 2019. Very, very similar in that Ferner left and we went to Bradford and we got beat and that was like a real, um, what you call it, a real low period for us in that Bradford were championship side and all that lot. And, I kind of asked the question last week that is 2019 sorry is our current predicament in 2022 worse than what we were in 2019 and I think now I think it 100% is I think we're in a worse position now than we were in 2019 now I speak about 2019 and in 2019 it was 2019 wasn't it when we brought Rob Louie in here it was Lola here in 2019, we 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 loaned out. Am I right in saying we loaned out Lola here to Salford and loaned in Rob Louie, and then off the back of that, they both signed permanently. Something like that. We got rid of Lola here because it was rubbish, and we parachuted in Rob Louie 
Now, I think in terms of mid-season signings, I think everyone listening to this knows we need a player or two. Goodness me, we need a player or two now. Someone to revive us. Someone to parachute in like James Seguiaro did in 2016. Just Gary Hetherington needs to go to that bat signal, pull off the cover like Jim Gordon does and smash that signal into the sky. That SOS. Please someone save us. Please someone come. Save Leeds Rhinos. Whether that's a coach or a player or both, ideally. Oh God. Um, who 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 could that be? Well, who have we got missing? Let me start there first. These were questions I had for my guests, but I'll, I'll have to answer them missing. I'm afraid. You're you're more than welcome to turn this off, by the way. <laughs> I won't blame you. So we've got five players missing who would come straight in to this team and would start or be in the seventeen. So missing, we've got Richie Myler, Tom Allroyd. Zane Tetevano, David Fusatua and Harry Newman. I think everyone listening to that would agree they were there they'd all start. They'd all get in or already slash Tetevano might be on the bench. Um Miley would have to come in now. Um whether he plays in the halves because Walker's fit and I don't think he's done anything particularly wrong to be dropped. So we'd have to have Miley in the halves. Who do you drop off the back of that? Caesar or Austin? Not bothered. If you ask me, not bothered. Either or. They're both pants. They're both pants. I can't tell you who offers more because they're both pants. If if you were really comparing the two, as in Austin and Caesar, I think Blake scored two tries. Am I right? But would you really? Yeah, either or. So it'd be either or with Myla. Horrid come in. Zinta Avano. Now, for me, I think I mentioned it not on the last pod, but I think it was the pod before when he got banned. Salford? I've had enough of this guy. Um, I think he's rubbish. He's not, as, ev- as everyone knows, or anyone that's listened to this before, I've got a big thing about marquee money, and we waste it at this club. We waste it, man. We do, don't we? We waste it. Oh, God. I think we've had two now. Conrad Hurrell, just complete waste of money. And now Zenta Havano, just complete waste of money. Um I would Yeah. He's got he's got too much to um he's got too much to show us to improve and I don't think he's gonna do it. I don't think he's got what it takes. Um I've never seen anything from him in his now I know it was patchy last year with his bands and everything, but even even the games he played, maybe it's me, but I cannot think of a time, or a game, or even a period in a game. And if you are listening to this, please do feel free to turn it off. I mean, <laughs> please do feel free to get in touch with me on Twitter and say, Lottie, what about this game? Or this period in a game, perhaps when he came back on after uh, being subbed and gave 20 minutes and we won a game. That's all I'm asking. If someone's got anything where they can point out to me, no, Lottie, you've forgotten, mate, about this. No matter how small it is. 
if someone can point that out to me, because I've comp I've not I've got I've not got one good thing to say about this guy, Zayn Tavano. Not one. Again, it might just be me. It might just be me. But I do not see it with this guy. I don't see it at all. You're looking at a marquee man here. And I know I can't, I'm obsessed with marquee men. But I think they're there for a reason. I think the marquee and they get the money for a reason. Right? This is someone, and I've said this before, so I do apologise. This, this is someone who should be coming on from the NRL. Fairly certain he won it with the Roosters. Got close with the Panthers. What a Panthers, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he's come over here on a marquee deal. Big contract. He should be coming to this club. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm really sorry. He should be saying to the forwards, Aya, I'm your marquee man. I'm the big guy. I'm the NRL man. I'm this, I'm that. I'm going to lead this pack. I'm going to show you my pedigree and just how good I am. Everyone follow me. You run behind me. I'm first. I'm going to lead the way. Jamie Peacock. And I know Jamie Peacock's like one of the best props to ever play the game. And I'm not saying he's ever going to get to that standard. But I just want this geezer, Zane Tavano, to lead us. To lead us. And to say, I, w I want to be watching games where I'm, s I'm not pointing him at him saying he's rubbish. Where I'm saying, why ain't everyone else playing as good as Zane Tavano? I want Zane Tavano to stand out that's all I want I want people one of those I know it's a cliche one of those where it's like you take someone a friend a family member who's never seen a game of rugby league or or perhaps has seen very few games of rugby league and that person they say to you bloody hell who's that guy who's that guy who's he what excuse me why aren't they playing as well as him do you know what I mean where you say, wow, he's good. He stands out. So even to the untrained eye, for want of a better word, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, he stands out. I want this guy to stand out. And it's not only that, I'm going on about Marky again. <laughs> Mikaledski is ace. And he must be looking at Zen Tavano thinking, I'm better than him. Because he is. He's right, isn't he? I'm better than him. Why are I getting that money? Why are I paid more than this loser? Perhaps that's a bit too harsh. And maybe I'm being a bit too harsh on him. But we need more. And I haven't seen anything from Zane Tavano to tell me. And like I say, please do feel free to contact me on Twitter. If you remember anything that Zane Tavano's done in a positive manner. No matter how small it is. Because I can't remember anything. At all. At all. Zenta Ivano's played this year. He's played for us, hasn't he? I think he's played every game to Salford. And got banned. And, and what did he do in those games? Did anyone think he stood out? Did anyone think he improved us? So in terms of him, if he came back, is, is he going to improve us? Really? Can we expect him to improve us? I don't know. I don't know. Are we missing him? I don't know. Maybe we are because we're so short on bodies. So Miley would improve us. Holroyd would improve us. Zane Tavano. Well, I'm not going to go about him anymore. David Fussy Tua. We need this geezer on the field. We need him on the field. We need him playing games. Um, just to see 
how good he is, what he's made of, again, his pedigree, um, if he's up to it over here, it's too early to say. I know some people have said he's, he's soft and he's not made of it, but I think that's I think that's a bit too early. Um, he needs games. He needs games. He needs to get back. I know he's had a minor operation on his knee. He needs to, we need to get him out there and he needs to play. It's as simple as that. So to say that he'd improve us, I think he would. Um, but then he needs to play the games. Harry Newman, yep, 100%. Um, in terms of mid-season signings, like Rob Lewitt and Seguiaro, and we kind of parachuted them in. There might, there might have been some others that I'm overlooking, but those two really stand out in more recent times. So let's have a drink. Usually get a break to have a drink, and I can mute the mic, and someone, you know, when someone else is talking, but anyway. Um, in terms of mid-season signings... Um, We'd have to lose one. Sorry, by that I mean one of the um, overseas lads. You would assume that that would have to be Austin because he's on a one-year deal and Caesar's on, I think Caesar's got another year. So that's slightly harder to negotiate. Um, and Bodine Thompson... I think he's boarding Thompson in his last year. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Because he did that awful interview. He is in his last year. Um, it'd be great if I could lose both of them. In my opinion, I'd, 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 I'd try my best to get rid of both of them. Because then you could parachute two much-needed signings in to revive our year. Um if you got rid of boarding Tom, we need a prop anyway. We're a prop. We're a prop short with Holroyd, Mick, Tevano, and Pryor. We're still a prop short, aren't we? Um, so if you got rid of boarding Thompson, and then utilise that to bring in either someone on the outskirts of a squad in the NRL, or um, someone in Super League. You know, perhaps that one of the smaller sides. I know it's big-headed and I know it's arrogant, but we are lead rhinos. And it's like, if someone, if we fancy someone at Wakey or a small club like Cass or bloody Salford or Huddersfield, surely we still have the pull to take them. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's attractive to the player. I think, you know, them coming in. Say we signed a prop from, I think, Huddersfield. I'm not going to say a name. Say we signed a prop from Huddersfield. And they come in. All eyes are on them, aren't they? They're the hero. You know, I mentioned Gary Everington smashing that button on the bat signal and firing it into the night sky. That SOS, please save us. This prop is has answered the call, hasn't it? He's answered the SOS. So if he comes in, turns us around or helps us turn our form around, we can't get any worse, can we? I mean, he would improve us because there's no one there at the moment. He's replacing Bordeaux Thompson, which is nothing. 
for sure that's an incentive you know coming to revivers he'll have a lot of eyes on him in, in terms of expectation and even the smallest things he does a couple of tries you know a couple of good games everyone will be like wow we were so rubbish before you came you really stand out you're great aren't you he might get an extra year I don't know so surely that and then off the back of that the the facilities we have in terms of the ground you know, we've got the best rugby league ground in the world so to play there that must be an incentive and then on top of that we don't know who the head, the new head coach is but if the club do hire a proven um, quality head coach a name a name that you recognise that's one thing that people want to play for that's another pull in it so surely we are in a position where we can take a, a quality player off of another Super League side surely we are that um, badly thought of surely we've still got that pull so that being said that's kind of what I'd do with Bodine Thompson easier said than done but something has to be done something has to be done it's as simple as that um, and funnily enough I've seen today reported by the Mole who for anyone that doesn't know is like um uh, how can it, is, is like he is sorry uh, an Australian journalist who specialises in breaking stories and transfer rumours and things like that. And the Mall has said that we are now linked with Shane Flanagan and Kyle Flanagan. Well, anyone that remembers, I did a April Fools on a signing Kyle Flanagan. So is is that my April Fools gone too far? Has that no? It's impossible. So imagine if we signed. Shane Flanagan, and don't don't worry. I know this is all pie in the sky, but stick with me. By the way, if you've listened this, if you've listened to me ramble on this far, you might as well finish it now. <laughs> God bless you, by the way. Um, if we sign Shane Flanagan, uh, that's a name you want to play for, isn't it? Just is Shane. That that is a name that everyone in Super League that doesn't play for Leeds would like to play for him so I have a drink they'd want to play for him and then if we got Kyle Flanagan who's having a rough time at the Bulldogs at the minute that is a match made in heaven that is really a match made in heaven the incentive there from the club would be outstanding they'd get everyone back on side instantly for me because they've gone out there Gary Evington and uh, is it Paul Caddick? I always say Andy Caddick, not the cricketer. Um, I've said, right, we're going to get a quality coach, we're going to get a quality player. And now I know Kyle Fanagan's a bit raw, but it's that, it's that, it's that Jackson Hastings type scenario again, in it, where not getting no game time. I think he got picked, I think he's in their squad for this weekend's game. Canterbury, sorry. Not getting much game time. He's got a point to prove. He's young. Um, he wants to rebuild his career, just like Jackson Hastings. Come over to Super League. Two, three years over here. Rebuild your career. Same with Shane Flanagan, his dad. You know, not had a head coach job since leaving Cronulla. Come over here. The incentive of working with his son. Come on. Saving his son's career. Knows he's had it tough. Knows he's not getting game time. 
nose is no form. I mean, to me as a father, if I ever had the option, I'm kind of putting, putting, pretending that I'm Shane Flanagan now. And if someone came to me and said, right, here's a head coach job. Oh, and by the way, we want your son. We want your son as well. We want you and your son. I'd be thinking, bloody hell, that is, that is an irresistible offer. That is an irresistible offer. And I'd sort of say to Shane Flanagan or any coach coming in, I'd say to them regarding the Leeds job, this season's a write-off, it's gone. We know that. Sorry, let's have a drink. It's gone. You come in now, whoever you are, you come in now and and you 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 look at these players that we have here, this squad, you work with them. Alright, we're gonna try and bring one or two signings and see what we can do, see what we can squeeze, see what we can twist and bend under the budget and the cap for this year. You see what you can you see what tune you can get out of these players that we've got now, this year. You finish the year, you give us a list of of players that you'd love to sign, Super League and NRL based. We'll work on that. And you tell us who you want rid of in this squad. You tell us who you can work with and, and, and adapt and change and and get a tune out of and improve. You tell us who you can't, you tell us who you want to get rid of. And you utilise, now this sounds daft, but you utilise the rest of 2022 as like one massive, massive pre-season. I don't know how anyone listening to that feels, but to me, this year's gone. It's gone. It's about getting as many wins as we can, getting winning however we can, getting as high up in the league as we can from the relegation zone. That's it. That's it. It's as simple as that. So I'd utilise it as a as a, a pre-season, like a really long pre-season, and give this coach and kind of say to them, you've you've got a two, you've got a three-year deal, you've got a three-year deal, like a like a two and a half year deal. So the half, which is this 2022, that's like, yeah, it's like your pre-season, it's like your run-up into next year. Whittle out who you don't want, tell us who you want, we'll work on that. Um, uh, take a look at the kids this year you know people like Tyndall Mustafa Broadbent O'Connor um, oh god what's that young centre at Batley Edwards you know players like that when we get Holroyd back when we get uh, sorry Jared O'Connor when we get Sam Walters back give them as much game time as you can utilise them let's see them develop this year and we'll go again in 23 I don't know how anyone listening to that feels, but to me that makes sense that we go that way and give this time, time, sorry, this time guy, <laughs> this guy the time to mould this team. Because you look at Dave Ferner when we, we brought him in, he didn't get the time. Now I know that that obviously went drastically wrong, but if we get someone like Shane Flanagan and he comes in and he says, right, this is how we want, this is how we're going to play, this is my philosophy. This is our attitude um, around the club because it seems to stink at the moment since Kev's gone. Wants everyone to be professional. 
you know, I want, I demand this, I demand this, and I demand that. And if you don't do it, I'll find someone who will, as in I'll replace you, and I'll make a signing, either from the Super League or NRL, or I'll, or I'll, I'll play one of these kids. I'll play one of these kids. If you're not on board with me and my philosophy, I'm here for two, three years. It's my way or the highway. The club stinks. I'm turning it all around. I'm turning this sinking ship. It's my way or the highway. Or I'll play one of these kids who are bursting to show me what they've got. They are bursting to put that blue and amber shirt on, get on that field and give me everything. And they'll do exactly as I say. And if you don't, this is to the senior players. If you don't, and you're not on my wavelength, and you're not doing as I say, then go. Just go. We're done with you. Your contracts are running up. We'll see them out, and it'll be adios. Now, I know that's quite cutthroat, but I think we're in that situation again. Um, I think I think there's a lot in this squad that have to go. And thankfully... The majority of them are at the end of their deal this year. And I can't see any of them getting a new deal. That's what I think the, the new coach should um, should go down. And I think the club have to be... Um, have to show incentive in who they, who they appoint now. So I've said it before, but as the game's um, progressing, we lose more and more and more... But it, it's become critical. We're on life support now as a club. So where where I think we may have been in the market for someone someone along the lines of um, Danny Ward or Ryan Carr. Now I'm not saying that they couldn't be appointed and do a great job, but I just think in our current predicament we need a really strong proven quality leader someone like Paul Green easier said than done and you're probably listening to this laughing easier said than done and I know holding my hands up I'm well aware but you show that incentive don't you and you go out and you say right it's Paul Green it's Shane Flanagan it's it's ABC or you know you pick one of them you get one of them I think that's where we stand with that. Other than that, um, I'm sure you all saw on Twitter this past week, um, English Rugby League in the know, the Twitter account. They are fairly adamant, absolutely adamant, to be honest, that Danny is coming back to be our assistant head coach to our new head coach, Whoever that may be. Um, now, some people are, are of the opinion of, and I get it, I do, of it's it, it, it's jobs for the boys. It's we have to move on from the golden generation. We need a fresh start. <coughs> Excuse me. We must move on from that from that era from that period in time. And I get that, but. <laughs> I love Danny Maguire and I'd be absolutely ecstatic if he came back to us and, and, and saved us 
Um, I'm now going to open the mailbag and answer some of your questions. Unfortunately, it's only me answering the questions this week, so I'll fire through them just to finish the podcast. Again, thanks a lot for listening, guys. Um, we will be back with a match review panel with some guests for the... Who do, we, who do we play next? Huddersfield, I think. Huddersfield game. So there'll be guests on that one. And if I do find the Howard one, Howard review, as I've said, I will upload it. Apologies for this. Um, so we'll finish up with the mailbag. Um, the first question's from Liam. And Liam says... It's more of a statement, really. Liam says... Hi, Lottie and gang. Sorry, me, I'm afraid, Liam. I think it's time for a mid-season reshuffle. Austin and Thompson have to go and a new halfback and a prop brought in. Yep, talk about that on the podcast, buddy. Um, I think those two quarter spots of Austin and Thompson are appealing in that we can utilise them more and bring some quality in. So definitely need some mid-season signings. We need someone to come in and save us. Brian, he says, uh, Gary Herrington laughing at the end of the game on Sky was a sight for sore eyes. I agree, Bryony. But it's one of those, isn't it, where obviously someone walks past him and says something that's funny, or he thinks is funny, so he laughs, as you would, and it's just been caught, unfortunately, by the cameras. So it's one of those where it's just bad timing. It doesn't look good, I agree, but to be in Gary's shoes, you'd have to be like, well, if someone says something funny, I'm not going to not laugh because we got beat, you know, they still said something funny, so I think it's just unfortunate, but you were right, it didn't, didn't look too good, but I'm, I'm kind of on Gary's side for that one. Mm. Sorry, I'm just looking for questions on my laptop, probably should have got these up when, um... right, next question, stop rambling, it's from Laurie, Laurie's one of our regulars, Um, he'll be on soon enough, another review. Laurie asks, who is the best player on the planet at the moment? Well, you always look to the NRL, don't you, when the best player on the planet? And you probably would say, at the moment, in current form, people, Mitchell Moses. I know he's the top goal kicker. I'm sure he is. I think he's got about 18 this year. Got a couple of tries. Parramatta going well. You know, players like Trebojevic and Tedesco and Cleary have either coming back from injury or are injured currently. So it's one of those where it's a bit the usual types will come good. But I'd say at the moment, Laurie, probably Mitchell Moses. Yeah, probably Mitchell Moses, mate. Am I saying that right? Mitchell Moses, yeah. And the second part of Laurie's question is, you've got a fiver. What are you buying me from Greg's? Um, I think I'm going to start with the brekkie, Laurie. Simply because you can get like a baguette. Sausage and bacon baguette with brown sauce for like three quid with a large mocha. Me and my wife are big fans of the Greg Mockers. Uh, we think they're the best mockers you can get. Um, just, just anywhere. Anywhere else we're trying to mock it, it's usually a bit naff. But yeah, I'd get you that, mate. And then you'd have, I'd have two quid, one not I? So I'd probably get you a donut or two to kind of finish off with that coffee. Um, David Bywater asks, Who is the greatest player you have ever seen in Blue and Amber? Um... That's Danny Maguire, but apart from Danny and apart from Kev and the usual and Scoey and everyone else I've seen, who else have I loved in Blue and Amber? Um, let me have a think, who have I loved? 
Oh, I'm thinking now. I loved Brent Webb. Yeah, so I'd probably say it's obviously Danny Maguire, but um, yeah, Brent Webb. I, I love Brent Webb as well. I don't think we talk about him quite enough. Yeah, so I'll probably say Brent Webb, David. But it is the the actual answer to your question is of course Danny Maguire. He's the best. He's the best rugby league player ever. Reese, one of our regulars, Reese will be coming up on the podcast as well to review a game soon. Reese has asked, I don't want to talk about the rhinos, understandable. So, would you rather have 100 duck sized elephants or one elephant sized duck? Well, I'd rather, I'd rather have one elephant sized duck because I can imagine, like, do ducks fly? I can't believe I just asked that out loud. Do ducks fly? Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, they fly. I could fly my massive duck to the game. I could fly my massive duck to the game. Just imagine me on the back of the, on the on the back of my duck flying across HQ. People be looking up, going, "Oh, lot is here. He's, he's just parking his duck up. It won't be a minute." People will know me. I'll be the duck man, duck man, and I could tell people I'm going to a duck do them. Um, so yeah, definitely one elephant-sized duck race. You could have a ride to the game. I could make it like you know, like they ride those camels in Egypt. People could ride my duck. 10 quid a ride. No, 20 quid a ride. 20 quid a ride. It could take off from like the original like, beer garden, couldn't it? Could pay them like a rent and have a patch. Like a helicopter landing pad. Like a duck landing pad. People just like fly around. They would do like a tour. Like an air tour. Like a helicopter. But on the back of a duck. And I could, maybe, I could, maybe I could have people like... Um, uh, who's a good speaker? Like JJB, when he loses his job at Leeds. Maybe I could get JJB to do the tour. On, on I'll drive the duck because I'm licensed to drive the duck. And then JJB would have like the microphone. And perhaps how many people would you get on back of a elephant-sized duck? How big are elephants? Like three? Would you get three people, me and JJB, on the back of an elephant-sized duck? That'd be thirty quid then a ride. And we would go up, fly around, um, headingly. JJB could talk about, do a couple of bit about bits about the the rugby side, and then it do a, it kind of, it kind of wing it, but tell us something about the cricket side. Then we could come back round and, you know, come back down and say, oh, this is this is where everyone gets drunk. This is the headingly taps in Manhattan. And quick fifteen minutes, land back down. Fifteen minutes ago. 30 quid a ride, as in three people. No, sorry, 60 quid. It's 20 quid a go, innit? I'm forgetting. That might be a bit of a money spinner, that. Because not only that, it's like, you know, when it's cricket season. I know Yorkshire cricket now have got England games back. So I could I could get someone like Ryan Sidebottom or Matthew Hoggard to kind of do the same thing that JJB does now. Bit a bit aimed around cricket. So we'd go around the cricket ground and he could say, oh, this is where Ian Botham got that 148 or 149 and Bob Alden has got 8 for 842, 843 and skilled the Aussies and then he could wing it on the rugby side and say, oh, this is also where Lee Rhinos play and they're great. I could do that, couldn't I? I could do tours. So it'd definitely be an elephant-sized duck, without a doubt. I think the novelty of having 100 duck-sized elephants would wear off. You'd have to sell them, wouldn't you? That's a good point, though. Would I make more money from selling a hundred duck-sized elephants, or or the tours off the back of one elephant-sized duck, one massive duck? 
what would I make more money on? I suppose it would depend on how long. What's the lifespan of an elephant-sized duck? I have so many questions now. What's the lifespan? You know what I mean? And how much would you charge on the black market for a, a duck-sized elephant? I suppose I've got a hundred of them. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to stick with the elephant-sized duck race. Kind of go through the, the duck tours angle. The next question is from Carl. And he asks, how many Easter eggs are too many for one person? Well, that's, that's impossible, Carl. I'm not a chocolate person, but you can you can have as many as you like, man. Eat as many as you want. We've loads in this house. We've two, I've, I've I've got two kids and a wife. I don't particularly eat much chocolate. I'm weird, but there's loads. I'm I'm looking around now. I can see four Easter eggs in this house. It's not even Easter yet. Eat as many as you want, mate. Indulge. Zach asks, "Oh wow, food again? Is everyone hungry when they ask a question?" <laughs> I do like it though. How many is the right amount of eggs to use for an omelette? I am a chef, but I won't judge. I'm the wrong person to ask about omelettes, Zach. I, the last time I made an omelette, I was about 14. And I got salmonella <laughs> from eating it. And I had a chest infection. So I had a chest infection. I didn't feel well. I was home from, I think I was at college at the time. Not feeling well. No one was in the house because they're at school or work. I was, there was nothing in. I was like, I'm going to have to make an omelette. First time I made an omelette, I thought, this is easy. Just fry a couple of eggs and mix it in with some ham and cheese. Made it, ate it, got salmonella. So I had a chest infection and I had salmonella at the same time. I was literally on death's door. So in terms of, I've never made an omelette since. I don't really eat that many eggs, to be honest. Um, unless they're like in a sandwich made by someone. So I, I have no idea. Four? Three? I'm going to say three. Have to reply to me if you listen to this. Uh, Tim, Tim was a newbie to the podcast last week and did some great, great, um, some great work on the Castleford review, and he's definitely going to come back. Tim asks, "This is a non-related Leeds tweet. Who is the better player between Kieran Cunningham or James Roby? Personally, I would say Cunningham over Robes. Over to you guys. Well, it's just me, Tim. Kieran Cunningham's better than James Roby. Whether that's looking through nostalgic eyes." That may be the case, but I do love James Roby in that. I like how he plays the game. He plays it fair. He's not dirty. He's always good. He's been good for England. Um, but I just... Kieran Cunningham, one of those where I always wanted him to play for Leeds. Um, I did. I always thought if we signed Kieran Cunningham, it, it would be class and I'd be really happy. Whereas Roby was around the time when we had like good hookers, where I was like, I'm not that bothered because our team was so good. But there were times, well, no, there weren't times, I always wanted us to sign Kieran Cunningham. So I, I agree with you, Tim. Two great players. Congratulations, James Roby, on 500 appearances. Played well against us again. We'll probably go out winning another grand final this year. But for me, Kieran Cunningham. Round A Rhino asks, what is your favourite pub in Headley and why? Headley Taps, because I park in there every home game and we kind of go in there and or stand outside for a, our drinks before the game and then walk down. Um, the only thing is, after the games, not so much before, because there's like more, it's more um, 
the clientele and people in there and outside are like going to the game. So it's not too bad. But when you go in afterwards, it's like all the students and being, I'm 34. So it's like seeing all these young kids having a good time and <clears throat> and partying and all that. And I'm happy for them. I'm just jealous. Do you know what I mean? Because they're young and they're loving life and, you know, they're having the time of their lives. And I'm just like, I've got to drive home and have a pint of Coke or non-alcoholic beer. I'm like, oh, this is, it's not for me. It's not my scene. And I get it. I, I completely get it. But like, it's like, I just want a pint and to go home. So, but that's Headingley in a nutshell, really. And it's great. <coughs> Excuse me. So I would say Headingley Taps because that's really the only place me and my friends go. Just because we park there and we just get a pint before and a pint after. So, Headingley Taps. But in terms of the summer, we do tend to go to the original Oak Beer Garden because it's amazing. So, Headingley Taps could usually go there, but um, original, Oak Beer, original Oak Beer Garden is amazing. David Bywater has asked, dough balls or garlic bread? Um, garlic bread. Just because you can like, you can like, stack food on it you know what I mean so if you're eating like a spaghetti bolognese you can take the bolognese and put it onto the garlic bread and then eat it off the garlic bread if that makes sense whereas a dough ball you can to do that you've got to like put the dough ball in your gob and then a and then a forkful of food you know what I mean and I'm a bit of a fan of stacking food so I'd probably say garlic bread JS has asked another food question. What's on your Sunday dinner plate? I love beef, me. Um, I love lamb as well. But you never you never quite get enough lamb, do you? So definitely beef. Love all my veg apart from Swede and sprouts. But sprouts in our house are like Christmassy. Um, lucky us. So I'd say beef cauliflower broccoli love broccoli roast taties yorkshire's quite partial to mash on a roast you know do love me mash and then beef and gravy with carrots and cabbage and yeah love veg um <coughs> excuse me just coming off the back of covid that's why i sound like crap by the way who do you all want as the next head coach. Well, I'm. this is from Oliver Warman. Sorry, it's just me here, Oliver, today. And I'd like... Well, in a dream world, I'd like Shane Flanagan. But I'd probably settle with... I don't know. I don't know, mate, because it... I think it's so critical now. I think we do need a quality coach. So I am going to say Shane Flanagan. There was another question on here, but I can't find it. Where is it? Ah, here we go. couple more. If you could pick... This is from Graham Harvey, by the way. Sorry. If you could pick two players from our golden generation to come in and sort the squad out until the end of the season, who would you pick? Lottie, it can't be Danny Maguire, though. <laughs> I would pick Jamie Peacock and Sir Kev. Well, if I can't pick Danny... I could pick two players from the golden generation to come in and sort the squad out. Um, oh, blimey. That's a good question. 
We've had Kevin, haven't we? Kevin, when did Kevin leave? When did Kevin leave? Not even a year ago, was it really? So, I think it'd have to be JP. I think you've got to get Jamie Peacock back. Whether these players are too fragile to to have someone of his stature or attitude and professionalism and high demands around, I think these players are too fragile, Graham. I think these players are too fragile, but I'd have definitely have Jamie Peacock there. And then, God blimey. Would JP be enough? You have asked for two. Um, I don't really want to say Kevin again. Uh, who else is there? Probably just JP then. Is he enough? Brett Delaney? Ryan Bailey? Are these? I think these guys are too... What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? I think the two, I don't know, I just think these players are too soft we have at the moment. And I think, to be honest, Graham, I think Jamie Peacock, I think you're absolutely right, I think he'd be enough. I just think having someone like him around. But then again, you've got, you've got Jamie Jones there. He's there, isn't he? Bloody hell, you're talking about golden generation, Graham, you're talking about, a champion, a legit legend of Leeds. Not just Leeds Rhinos, of Leeds. He's literally one of us. And if he's not getting a tune out of them, I don't know, maybe they, do they need a kick up the ass? I think so. Do they need that? Is that what they need? Do they need some tough love? I think Jamie Peacock would be enough, mate. I really do. But you... You said yourself that um, I would pick Jamie Peacock and Kevin. Oh, bloody hellfire. I think one of them would be enough. But both. I think you're looking at a dream team there. I really do. To kind of come in. I'm assuming that that you mean like some kind of director of rugby or advisory or support role. I think... The stature of these giants, these champions, these icons of our club. I don't think they need a role. I don't think they need a position. I don't think they need to say, this is Kevin Sinfield. Kevin is our dot, dot, dot. Do you know what I mean? This is Jamie Peacock. Jamie is our dot, dot, dot. Jamie is our fill blank space here. Don't think they need a position. Just think they need to be around the club. Seen, vocal, because people listen to them anyway, don't they? Because of who they are, because of what they've done. You listen, the people that you listen to. So I don't think they need a specific role. I'm assuming that's kind of what Graham's getting at. So yeah, you, you've got the two, haven't you? Jamie and Kev, definitely Jamie. Kimber, I'm assuming this is Josh, who's been on the podcast before, and who I'm hoping to become, who is going to become. Excuse me, one of our regulars. He asks, on a similar note really, after being treated to so many good leaders in the past, it's evident we now have none. So out of interest, who do you think are the five 
best leaders currently playing across Super League? Hmm. I'll, I'm assuming this is Josh, by the way. Apologies if, if it isn't, because it's it's from the Kimber Band Twitter account. Um, we don't have a good leader. I think we're all aware of that. Um, in terms of the five best leaders in Super League, James Roby. Um, I don't like him at all, but. I think is not James Roby, sorry. I'm talking about someone else. I'm kind of leading into it. Um, I don't like him, but I do. I think he's one of those players who, when he plays for you, you love him. And when he's playing against you in the opposition, you can't stand him. Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook. Now, not in terms of a leader, but he like... You know, he's he's a bit of a pantomime villain. He runs the ball in well. He's like he's steady. I know he's ancient now, and I don't want him to sign for lead or anything like that. But it, you like, um, it's like he celebrates every little thing. You know that goes in their favour and kind of G's G's his team up and gets them pumped. And I think that enthusiasm, in a way, is like leadership. It's like he's geeing everybody up, not in like the way that he's shouting at them. Like he celebrates knock-ons and big tackles and big hits, and so I think he's in a sense leaderish. Um, in terms of leaders, um, I don't think I can't think of many. I don't think there's many at Cass. They're rubbish. Hull. Um, Salford. Salford. You see, Mark Sneed's a mourner, isn't he? Like Luke Gale. They're not leaders, they just mourn. They're not good leaders at all, because they're no backbone, have they? They've no previous. They've, um, so I don't, I don't think they're leaders. Oh, I'm struggling here, Josh. Wigan. They're the leaders at Wigan. They don't stand out anymore, do they? You know, you go back to the to the to previous eras of Super League, Josh, and it's like you can reel them off your tongue. Andy Farrell, Kev, JP, Danny to an extent, uh Paul Sculthorpe, Kieran Cunningham. Um Danny Bruff, was he more of a mourner? Yeah, probably so. Um, oh God, what was that hooker called at Warrington? I thought he was half decent, can't remember his name. Yeah, I, there's me saying I can remember him, then I forget someone. But in terms of now, I don't think I, I, don't think I can name five, mate. Is there anyone I'm missing? Sam Tompkins? Is he a leader? Uh, oh God, what's he called? Loose forward, captain for Catalan. He's a good player. He's a good leader. Oh, what's his name? Ben Garcia. Yeah, Ben Garcia. He's a good leader. 
But other than that, I'm struggling. Have I missed anyone? That's... I've got a feeling I'm going to finish this recording and like be laid in bed or something and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't say. No, I'm struggling. I can't, I can't think of five, mate. I can't think of five. I don't think, I don't think there's that many. No, I don't think there's that many out there. I'm probably missing someone and you'll tweet me or someone will say, how could you forget so-and-so? You're well within your right to just tweet me if I've got someone. Yeah, that's as good as it gets, mates. Um, a couple more questions to kind of finish off this podcast. I'll just rattle through them. Um, I think the majority of these are not rugby league related, but who cares? Marco asks, uh, hi guys, what is your favourite alcoholic drink? Uh, we've been asked this before, Marco. I'm not sure if it was alcoholic drink. I think it was beers. But I don't drink, so... But I do drink non-alcoholic beers. And I'm cu- currently drinking a... Hang on. What's it called? Uh, it's an Erdinger. An Erdinger um, alcohol fry. It's from Tesco. It cost a quid with the... What's it called? Tesco card thing. It's nice. It's zero percent. Um, I don't know if they do a um, alcohol alcoholic version. They do tenter. There's not many that just focus on the non-alcoholic uh, market. It's tasty. Um, I've had a few. <laughs> that was me having a drink then. Um, yeah, it's nice. I also like. These are all non- non-alcoholic, by the way. Adnam's Go Ship. That's one of my favourites. I like Lucky Saint. Morrison's do... This is going to sound really scruffy. But Morrison's do like um, their own brand 0% cider. And that's really nice. That is really nice. Um, I recommend that. In terms of alcoholic drinks, when I did drink, I liked anything really, but... Excuse me. Probably why I had to stop. But, um, uh, God, what did I used to drink? I used to love a bit of Moretti. Especially if you can get it on tap. That's nice. I used to love... There's a cider that you can get in Weatherspoons, And it's called something like... The Angry Orchid. Something like that. They still do it. It's in a bottle. And it's it's absolutely delicious. For anyone that's listening that likes woodpecker cider, you know, that really sweet, crisp taste. It's very similar to that, but it's stronger than woodpecker. But I haven't had it for years and years, so I believe it's about 6%. It's called Angry, or- Angry Orchid or Angry Orchard, something like that. But it's in Weatherspoons, and it's delicious. And in terms of other alcoholic drinks, I used to really like cinnamon based drinks I'm a big fan of cinnamon in flavour so like fireball cinnamon whiskey I used to love that and um, the Christmas before I stopped drinking my wife bought me like uh, a limited edition oh Christ what were it called I think it was like an um, a Sailor Jerry's cinnamon spiced rum or what it a apple and cinnamon, it was limited edition, and it was like a cinnamon rum whiskey thing, delicious. But I don't drink anymore. But that, yeah, the, I, I used to drink everything pretty much. In terms of non-alcoholic as well, 
Um, I love, recently got into drinking Guinness Zero. Um, for anyone that does drink Guinness and is a Guinness fan, I would recommend you to try Guinness Zero if you like want to try it all. If you're driving or having a night off the drink or anything, try Guinness Zero because it's lovely. Um, even just being poured out of a can into a glass, I'm like, I haven't drank for years, but it, it really does feel like you're not missing out, if that makes sense. Guinness is one of them. that It really does taste legitimately like the real thing. So I would recommend Guinness Zero. Another one that I want to try is... Um, oh, I forgot. Carlsberg Pilsner. Because when I stopped drinking, it was just Carlsberg. And that was rubbish. But in, in that time now, they've brought out the Pilsner. And they've brought out the Pilsner Zero. So I want to try and get hold of that as well. But anyway, that's enough of that. Ryan asks, Hi guys, what is your greatest ever TV show? Um... Mine is Peep Show, that comedy that used to be on Channel 4. That's my greatest ever TV show, but I also like... The majority of them, I think, are comedies for me. Um, like... Um, Only Fools, Phoenix Nights, The Office. I think they're like the absolute standard of like British TV, you know so funny and they just last the test of time don't they you know you're always quoting them and talking about them so I think they're absolutely solid but for me my favourite ever TV show is Peep Show recommend anyone to watch it it's available on all four and Netflix and all that it's just a comedy comedy about two guys but it's so so funny so that's my favourite ever TV show Um, Olivia asks Will United stay up, Lottie? Um, I think so now, Olivia. I think we just got a point at Southampton at home. But at the same time, Burnley and Watford got beat. And I think Burnley and Everton play this week or this weekend. So if Everton win, I think that pretty much relegates Burnley. Um I think we've just got to have enough to stay up, Olivia. I'm, I'm I'm quite confident. I'm still not happy at all. I don't think I'll ever get over Marcelo Bielsa and the way we treated him and all that lot. I think I'm, I'm still fragile. I'm still upset. I think I always will be because I loved him. And I'd, I'm not on board with Jesse Marsh. I think he's a fall guy. Just the guy who's in place after the guy, after God. Um, I wish him luck and all that lot, but he's just a fall guy to me. But I, I do think we will stay up. Yeah. Um, Ian has asked a couple of questions, but they're all like, would you rather? A bit similar to Reese's. I'll read his out now. Um, Ian has asked, would you rather be a horse? <laughs> would you rather be a horse or a cow? It's <laughs> a good question. It's a good question. I think it'd have to be a horse, because then I'd then I'd, I'd like to be like one of these prancing horses, you know, like the Olympics. <laughs> you know, what's it called? Oh, God, what's it called? You know, them dancing horses. They do all the ponytail, all the mane, and they wear, like, socks on the on the legs. Oh, my God, what's that called? You know what I mean, don't you? 
oh my god I've drawn a complete blank you know at the Olympics I'd be one of them dancing prancing horses so I'd be a horse because cows don't do all like that do they or I could be like a Grand National winner couldn't I you know what I mean Gold Cup winner at Cheltenham horses have got loads more going for them than a cow a cow ends up on a plate or around your waist doesn't it it's got no going for it a cow I'd rather be a horse next one is Ian asks um, would you rather oh my god this is diabolical would you rather be blind or deaf neither Um. oh god can I be both so I don't have to <laughs> be both I don't have to listen or watch the rhinos at the moment I don't know Ian I don't know about that one at all um, the next one is would you rather be able to fly or breathe underwater oh my god oh my god I'd never go underwater I'd never ever go underwater no way no way would you you'd be like you know what I mean like scuba diving but you can breathe no way do you know how scared of the sea is no way no chance I'm petrified of the sea I mean I swim in it and whatnot, and you know snorkel in it that's fine kind of in my comfort zone there you know jumping off a boat and snorkeling and swimming and things fine that's my comfort zone but like oh my god underwater like like miles down you don't, we don't know what's down there man do we Oh god, I'd be petrified. And I imagine it's pitch black as well. I imagine it's pitch black because I ain't got a torch with me. I'm just breathing underwater. Oh my god, it's a nightmare. No way. I'd rather fly in. I'd much rather fly. But you know what it is with flying? You'd be a taxi, wouldn't you? Which is fine, but it'd get boring. Because you're the only one who can fly. So you know, like, when you're going on holiday, when you're going on holiday, it's like, it's like, like, it's like well, you've got to you've got to get a plane there, haven't you? Well, I, I can get there in twenty minutes. I because you can fly really fast, by the way. I could I could fly to Australia in twenty minutes, mate. So you'll have to set off now. I'll I'll, I'll meet you there, and I, I'll set off. Let me know when you're there. Let me know where you are, and I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. You know, in twenty minutes, it'll just take me twenty minutes there. Be good though, because you wouldn't. You wouldn't have to have much time off work, would you? I mean, I mean, you can still use your holidays. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't use your holidays. Oh, you're entitled to them. But I mean, like, you know, you could be there and back in 20 minutes. 40 minutes, you're there and back from Australia. I tell you what would be good, though. You, you could watch any sporting event, really, couldn't you? Because there's nothing holding you back logistically. If you can fly. But you have to do everything on your own. Would you need a passport? Would anyone know? Would anyone know that you've flown there? Someone saw you just landing on Coca Cabana Beach. They waded out, wouldn't they? They'd be like that, sat on the beach with a cocktail. They'd, they'd, they'd be having a drink, taking it to the lips, they'd be putting it down. They'd just see you land there. They'd be looking at the drink going, What's in this? What's in this? What's in this drink? Just seen a Paul, blo- uh, a Paul, Paul again. A pale, bald bloke. See where I went wrong there. 
from Leeds. I've just seen him land on beach. That's Sky. They'd have you in Area 51, wouldn't they? Testing, testing you. <laughs> you'd fly. You'd be a taxi, wouldn't you? You would. Your mates would be like, don't be tight. Give us a lift. Just give us a lift. Give, just, give, give, just give me and our lass a lift to spare. Go on. Go on, we can't get a flight. We can't get, just give us a lift. It'll only take you ten minutes. There and back. Don't be tight. You know what I mean? Carrying your mate. <laughs> like Superman, carrying Lois Lane. You, you and your best mate, just holding like that. Flying across, dropping off in Spain, saying to him, right, check in. You've got to wait with him in case something's wrong, haven't you? Because you don't want to fly back, get his lass, drop her off at hotel, and he stood there saying, oh, we forgot tickets, or they're not letting us in. We're checking in tomorrow. So you'll have to drop him off at the hotel, stand there, Wait till he gives you the okay like that. Yeah, we've got the keys. Can you go get can you, can you go get our lass, please? Cheers, mate. Fly back. Grab his lass. And then it's gonna be awkward, isn't it? Like the lowest lane hold on, 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 on his on his on his missus. Kinda like, sorry, I've just got to there's, there's only a way there's a certain way I can grab you. I know it's awkward, but I don't want to drop you and you fall to your death. And she's like, No, it's fine, it's fine. Honestly. No, honestly, it's fine. You're doing me a favour. You're doing me a favour. <laughs> oh, God, it'd be so awkward, wouldn't it? But you'd much rather fly than go underwater. So, yeah, I'd rather fly in. Kind of rambling now, if I ain't already. Youngie says, Thanks for the recommendation, guys. I tried a Wilson's pie for the first time at the Saints game, and it was delicious. It is probably the best food you can get in Edinburgh, in the ground. Tom says... This is a good question. Tom asks, what is your favourite smell? Well, I'm one of these weirdos that likes petrol in that the smell. You know, it's quite endearing, isn't it? Because you only, anyone that drives or whatever, you only smell it for a brief period, don't you? I can imagine people that work in petrol stations are absolutely sick of it. But like when I'm filling up the car, I'm like, not a bad smell, petrol. I also like um, sawdust. Like anyone that's had a hamster or a gerbil. You get that like vacuum-packed sawdust. That's really um, I like the smell of that. Quite weird that way. What else do I like? Can't really think of anything else. Another weird one is like new shoes, like new trainers. You get them out of the box and they're brand new. I think they've got like a, a brand new smell as well. A bit weird, but um, yeah. And then to finish it off, you're thinking, thank God. And if you've listened to this, the whole thing. Then you're either really bored, you've got nothing to do, or you've gone mad, like me. Um, Leanne, we'll finish this one off. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. The last question is from Leanne, and she asks, who is the most annoying person in the world? It's Gary Neville, Leanne. That was easy. It's Gary Neville. Um, is there anyone else? Um, uh, well, still, like Andy Goldstein. Andy Goldstein on TalkSport is a scum fan who does um, the Drive Time show. Can't stand him. Who else can't stand? I think that's it really. I don't particularly... Those are the two that are kind of forced on me because I listen to TalkSport, so I have to turn it off the majority of the time when Andy Goldstein's on and then Gary Neville's forced upon me because he's always on 
Sky coverage of the football. Uh, so yeah, Gary Neville is the worst, followed by very closely by Andy Goldstein. No coincidence that they're both scum related in that the scum fans are they've played for scum. So yeah, no coincidence that at all, Leanne. That's the podcast, everybody. Again, really sorry that there's no guests. We did have one, but it just, for whatever reason, has gone. I'm praying I can find it, but I've tried all day and night to find it, to locate it. Hopefully I do, and this can be an extra. That, Yeah, hopefully I do find it and um, it gets uploaded. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll have another one for the Huddersfield game. I had something else to say and I can't remember what it was. Oh, that's right. If you do want to appear on the podcast, get in touch with me on Twitter at lot 178 It's the the lot pod on Twitter. Send me a DM. Send me a message. We'll schedule a time. We've got guests for the Huddersfield game and then the game after that I think is Toulouse, which I think we have a guests plural possibly for. But then after that, it's a bit like I've got one guest here where we could do we could use or do with two, so we've got three guests, you know. So, yeah, I've rambled enough. Again, everybody, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. Um, I apologise again that it wasn't the best, but I felt I needed to release something for the Saints game. And this is it, right? Thanks a lot, everybody. Take care, and I'll see you on the next lot pod. Cheers. <laughs>